there is an idea of a Patrick Bateman. Some kind of abstraction. But there is no real me. Only an entity. Something illusory. And though I can hide my cold gaze, and you can shake my hand and feel flesh gripping yours, and maybe you can even sense our lifestyles are probably comparable, I simply am not there. All right. Welcome. Welcome, welcome to the From Where I Say podcast. Uh, today, we have a road game at the Suites over Soho, 25th and Broadway. We're working at the Metro podcast studio today. Um, and we're going to be talking about the movie The Joker. Oh, sorry, not The Joker, just Joker. It is a rated R film from the Warner Brothers studio. Has a production budget of about $55 million. Directed by Todd Phillips, uh, starring Joaquin Phoenix, Zazie Beetz, and Robert De Niro. The movie received an eight-minute standing ovation at the Venice International Film Festival and won the Golden Lion Award, which is the highest prize given to any film at that festival. Uh, it was heavily inspired by Taxi Driver, Raging Bull, and King of Comedy. Um, and actually, Martin Scorsese was an executive producer on the film, but eventually left that picture because he had other commitments to his other film, The Irishman. Upon release worldwide, the film broke several North American and worldwide box office records, and to date has earned over $250 million domestically and $741 million across the globe. Critics have hailed it as a tour de force, a dark evolution for comics-inspired cinema. They've given it two thumbs up, They've called it brilliant, a wonderful film, et cetera, et cetera. And one would assume with all this praise, I'd come here to the suites over Soho to sing his praises as well. And that would be an incorrect assumption. The most important thing to me, I think is the empathy that you have to have for the performer. I think this is the greatest thing that a performer can have if he's gonna be successful as an entertainer is an empathy with the audience. They have to like him. They have to like him. And if they like the performer, then you've got 80% of it made. I'll start with what I liked about the film. Joaquin Phoenix was easily the best part of the film. His acting is, all, is usually pretty good. You know, I've seen him in other films like The Master and Inherent Vice and other films. He's one of those actors that would be great in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, because he can transform himself into anything. A crazy person, a super uptight person, somebody with uh, handicaps, he can do it all. And I, I enjoyed his acting 100%. I also enjoyed the setting. Gotham City has never looked as gritty and real and urban as I've seen it in this film, as opposed to, you know, the Burton films or even the Schumachers or the other places. Like Gotham felt like a, a, a Hollywood construction. This felt more like a real city. Um, I also liked everything about the sets, you know, uh, Arthur Flex House, Arkham Asylum, like everything had a certain look and feel to it that I enjoyed. Um, I also enjoyed, I'd say about the first third to maybe the first half of the film, which led up to the shootings on the train platform because I felt that everything tied in together. Fleck being attacked by the kids in the beginning then was reflected in him being attacked by the guys on the train. I'm not sure how many threatening, menacing Wall Street types are gonna sing and send in the clowns, 
but it still felt symmetrical. They felt that there was something that there was something early in the film that led to something that happened at that point in the film. So then for me, after that, now we get to the point where we explain what I didn't like about the film. So from what I read, the director didn't look to a specific comic for inspiration, but picked and chose what they liked for the character's history. And that's, you can see that. That's, that's for me, very obvious. There was no consistent tone throughout, especially that second half of the film. Apparently, Phillips rewrote the entire script during production, and because Phoenix had lost so much weight during shooting, there was no reshoots. Also pretty obvious, because of the inconsistent tone from first half to second half, that shows to me it's either something that was edited poorly or written in such a way that feels slapped together, taped together with scotch tape, maybe some Gorilla Glue, or whatever your adhesive of choice may be. The love interest situation from the film was also problematic for me because it actually led nowhere. Why introduce the idea of him having a love interest if it doesn't pay off in any particular way? And for Zazie to be, to have her such a small role, it, it's almost unfair to her that she had to even be in this and that her name is, like her name being on the marquee is just one to draw viewers more so for her name than actually what she did in the film. She was on the screen for roughly, I'd say about 10 minutes, maybe 12 if you're pushing it. She had about three to four lines max. And the idea that she was in a relationship with him in his own mind wasn't something that uh, shocked me or threw me for a loop because it was supposed to be like a big twist in the film that like because around about two thirds of the way through they did the old flashback reveal thing and i never felt that shocked by it i felt especially after i think it was a second scene when i think he went he met her in the elevator first time he then goes and goes straight to her apartment and kisses her and closes the door at that point i knew that was fake i knew something was off at that point the unreliable narration from the joker I felt could have been used to a better, it could have been used to a better effect because there were, there were points in the film that didn't make sense. Like case in point, when Fleck had just been beaten up by the kids and his coworker gave him a gun, gave him the 38 with the, uh, in the, in the paper bag. But then later on, he's, after he got fired from his children's hospital gig because the gun came out, it was very interesting to me that the person who f was firing him said that you tried to buy a gun off of the guy. If they play that up a little more in the course of the film, maybe that could have been a, an interesting play on not necessarily mental illness. I don't want to say it's forgetfulness either, but it, it could just be a way to make it seem like the Joker's like, he's not really sure. Like it, it could be like a, a, a personality a malfunction. It could be a, something like a mental break where he just can't remember he did this versus doing that. I felt that that could have been done a little bit better. But of course, since there's, there's no reshoots, and if you're writing the script in the trailer the night before, continuity is usually going to get left behind. Um, the other issue I had, uh, the killing of his mother and his coworker. At a particular point in the film, 
you understand that this act, this action that he takes with his mother is a pivotal moment because obviously Fleck finds out that he was abused and his mother let it happen, which is a, a terrible thing, obviously. But the concern is his mother wasn't built up to be a terrible person throughout the film. She had one snarky comment, you know, about him not being funny as a comedian, which, you know, that was a sick burn at the time. But the bigger issue was if I'm not saying that his mother had to be mommy dearest or one, you know, the stepmother in Cinderella, but provide a character that is worthy of being taken out. Like you have to provide a, a villainous mother uh, or a villainous person for Fleck to sort of react to someone who is even, you know, on her deathbed, bitter and angry that Fleck is who he is or what he's become. That would make it a bit more palatable, I would say. You know, I'm, obviously I'm not advocating that people do what Fleck did, but, you know, in, in a work of fiction, I would prefer it if you make it so that the person who has to be taken out does something to be worthy of being taken out, so to speak. The co-worker's death was also a bit much, especially due to the strength of it. I will, I will give the scene credit because it actually provided an uncomfortable laughing moment similar to Joker's actual laugh. Joker's laugh was one that was painful to him and it came out at inappropriate times. That scene made it happen for me as a viewer. Like I, I laughed very, very uncomfortably because of the ferocity of which he killed his ex-coworker, but also with which how, you know, calm and collected he was when dealing with the uh, the little person in the room, which I thought was very interesting. That's a part of, I don't want to say a stroke of genius. It was an interesting situation that could have been done more in the course of the film. And then it also, there were too many themes going on at once that didn't coherently lead up to the provocative scene, which ties back into the director writing the whole script during production, not having reshoots, I think the, what he shot and what he put together never really led up to the big provocative scene at the end because there were too, there were too many themes going on at once. You're, you're trying to tell me that Gotham is having a garbage strike. You're telling me that Garth, Gotham is supposed to be in unrest with the 1% and 99%. You've got Arthur's situation with his mental health. You've got his situation with his mother. You've got the potential quote-unquote love interest with the lady down the hall like it just there's too much tied in also don't forget the uh the society pressing down on arthur the wall street types harassing him on the train like all all of that tied in it was it never led up to the talk show in a clean fashion so let's talk about the talk show let's talk about de niro Let's talk about Fleck. Let's talk about the piece. I don't want to call it the piece de resistance, but let's talk about the big moment in the film, which is Joker, or excuse me, Arthur Fleck shooting Murray on TV. Now, me personally, I'm not one to be, to be zero tolerance on violence in films. I understand that some films, to get their point across, if they have extreme violence, sometimes it's to show a certain side of a character 
how sadistic they may be, how tough they may be, how strong they may be at violence. But Joker's issue with the talk show host seemed tertiary to what was really going on on his plate regarding his work situation, you know, the loss of his medication, uh, learning what he learned about his past at Arkham, the bit about De Niro making fun of him on national TV. It seemed like a little, you know, a pinprick or more like a, a splinter in your finger more than the actual main injury or the main impetus of why he even started to snap. Like it, it's not, uh, how do I say this? It didn't seem like it heavily influenced his movements going forward. So him getting to Murray and then, you know, pulling the gun on him and shooting him, it, it just never, it never registered. I originally thought, and I think that's the, the way the movie was headed, is that it, it made it seem like he was going to go on the show and blow his brains out, uh, you know, pull a gun on himself and shoot himself. And that's kind of where I was headed, you know, with as a watcher of the film. But then, of course, the movie makes that hard right and he shoots the guy on screen. And it, it's a jarring scene. It makes you sit up at attention. It's something I'll, I'll give the film credit for is that it is a, a talking point. But I don't necessarily agree with how they got to the talking point. More so than the talking point itself. So do I think that the movie needed DC branding on it uh, for it to succeed on a national stage? And my thought is yes. Because a film like this, that was supposed to be like a character study uh, and an interpretation of a character like TV does or Hollywood does with Shakespeare and fairy tales, there's no potential way that they would allow a film with such a strong, violent edge, especially in the second half of the film, to make it to movies in this generation without a comic book outer shell, so to speak. Like if this was a film about, um, I mean, like even the serial killer films that are trying to sprinkling out from Hollywood are going straight to streaming services or they're, you know, being released quietly off to the side for a film that's supposed to be like a major film like this. I don't think you can just release it as like, oh, a guy goes crazy, guy shoots guy on TV. That would be more of a reason for people to be worried concerning copycats because then you would make it like an everyman Arthur Fleck turning into someone like the Joker once you add that comic book twist to it it sort of changes things I want to make sure that I'm clear that I don't have an issue with Phoenix in this whole film like Phoenix is a Phoenix does a masterful job of working with the material he's given he creates a very compelling visual you can tell that he's going through a lot of emotions as he's delivering his lines. Uh, one reviewer I know mentioned it's sort of like he does these interpretive dances to sort of center himself. You know, you can see the rage underneath the surface. You can see the happiness. You can see the range of emotions. You can see that he's really giving it 100%. And I I applaud that as a, as a movie watcher. I applaud that. But reshaping someone as iconic as the Joker in this fashion, you really have to make sure you do it right because there are certain beats about the Joker. You can't just, you can't just cherry pick what you like and what you don't like. 
There's a certain baseline that the Joker has to have in order for him to actually be the Joker. You can't just pick, you can't pick like pick and choose certain things about Batman's origin story and just roll with that and just say, okay, this is Batman now. Like that's not how that works. You can't, you can't just pick, you know, Catwoman's situation and just say, oh, well, she likes cats and she's agile and, you know, she steals. And then, okay, let's just move forward with that. That doesn't clearly, accurately uh, depict Catwoman in all of her glory. Like Joker needs the full workup. You can't, because of the certain elements to Joker's personality, his his smarts, his his sense of humor, his his ability to be violent but not necessarily sadistic. Like it's his ability to create chaos in society on a personal level and on a citywide level, micro and macro. You have to have all of that involved as opposed to what we got in this film. Um, And I also want to debunk the idea because there's a lot of people that are out there saying that this is an origin story for the Joker, which it is not. Um, This is an origin story for the circumstances that created Batman, um, which is a big difference to me. Because the, if we go back to our history and we think of how the Joker came to be, the Joker was the person that robbed the Waynes, uh, killed Thomas and Martha. Police chased him to the, uh, to the chemical plant. He falls on the chemical plant. He then changes into the Joker. The way this movie set it up, you would have thought that uh, Joaquin Phoenix was the guy who's going to pull the gun on Martha and Tom and then create batman by doing that but it ends up just being some random guy you don't know and the joker sort of creates i guess the film is sort of trying to say that it's creating the atmosphere that leads to somebody becoming the joker down the line i don't think that that situation was one where uh joker joker wasn't that influential to the city to make that sort of thing happen also Finally, uh, this was a movie that tried to say something about society with a megaphone. And like most voices that are yelled into megaphones, it was garbled, a bit high-pitched, and a bit hard to make out. So uh, me personally, out of four stars, I would rate the film, I'd say, a 1.5 out of four. Normally for me, a two-star film is a film that has to be seen at some point, regardless if it's good or bad. But this one particularly, I can't. I cannot tell everyone to go see this film because of its strong. If you don't have a stomach for violence, this is not for you, especially strong, savage violence out of nowhere. If you want a film that sort of leaves you on a happy note, this is not it. Uh, It's a dark, gritty, very sad. It's a movie that will lower your spirits by the time you're done watching it. There is no positive ending to it. There is no, there is no fix. There is no solution. Um, And because of that, you have to be in the right mindset for a, a film like this. I can't in good conscience tell others to say, you know what, this is, this is something that you should go see. And I'll just say this as my uh, finishing line. Um, American Psycho did it better. You can fight me over that if you want to, but we all know it's true. There are no more barriers to cross. All I have in common with the uncontrollable and the insane, the vicious and the evil, 
All the mayhem I have caused, and my utter indifference toward it, I have now surpassed. My pain is constant and sharp, and I do not hope for a better world for anyone. In fact, I want my pain to be inflicted on others. I want no one to escape. But even after admitting this, there is no catharsis. My punishment continues to elude me, and I gain no deeper knowledge of myself. No new knowledge can be extracted from my telling. This confession has meant nothing. <laughs>